morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Great. We're going to uh, receive communion here in a bit, but uh, we have a, just an announcement to make. We can add four more chairs this week. Let's thank God. So, so some of you may be wondering uh, about that. We started in the spring, uh, believing God for filling in 300 chairs at $1,000, and uh, the money keeps coming in. God is moving on people's hearts and generosity is there. And uh, so I just want to encourage you uh, all that uh, if you may not have jumped in, you know, things like this don't happen a lot. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? There's a lot of stuff to give out there. No, when God blesses something and he says, now is the time, uh, that doesn't happen all the time. (laughs) And you know, if you say, well, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Let's just fast forward us and bring us to North Korea right now. All you would be doing is trying to live, trying to survive daily. There wouldn't be any challenge. Let's build a church for the kingdom for eternity. Come on, right? So we are in a very pivotal time, I believe, at a very strategic time in the kingdom of God, and we have awesome responsibilities in this time to take a stand, to be faithful, amen, and to give. So uh, I just laid that out before you, and it's a challenge. Uh, uh, don't miss the blessing of God in this season. <laughs> I said that with a smile. Amen. So let's give God thank for the four chairs and what he's done so far. Amen. 167. Um, and then just a quick announcement. We have Church 101 after the service today around 1130-ish in meeting room one. And that's information about the church. If you'd like to know more about Harvest Going to the meeting doesn't mean you become a member, but you have the opportunity uh, once you attend the meeting, if you'd like, to be a part of Church for the Harvest and what God is doing here, and you'll meet the staff, and it's very informal, and it's about 30 minutes. So uh, praise God. Praise God for that. And so communion today, and then I was asked to be a part of and uh, the uh, 9-11 memorial that's happening at 3M uh, this next Saturday. Just want to encourage you, if you're able to, uh, to be out there for a very brief service. Uh, they do plant the flags out there. It's uh, just under 3,000 flags. Friday night, I believe that's 5.30. You can come out and help with that. And then I'll be given an invocation of benediction, and there'll be some honoring of this is the 20th year of 9-11. So uh, if you're able to be a part of that, amen. Well, let's take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing. Heavenly Father, I humble myself before you. I recognize that in and of myself, I have nothing good to say. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. I trust, Lord, that you are moving in the lives of your people and in this church. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, I have some beautiful things I want to show you here, and I'm going to talk about a new series here in these next few weeks, if we can get through it. Uh, Aren't these majestic? Aren't these really, you know, manly, these cups? And we're going to receive communion, but there's there's something you may not know about communion and the four cups when you receive communion. So we want to talk about that in God's promises. And so uh, my text is going to be Exodus chapter 6. Exodus 6, the Bible says, Say therefore to the people, of Israel. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, 
and you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who has brought you out of, uh, from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Somebody say amen. Let me just say this. I've got to do an introduction. God has more for you. Did you hear that? Some of you, in your Christian faith and walk, you think, well, I was born again. I was touched. I remember it years ago when God did so and so. Let me tell you something. God has more in your future than in your past, and it's good for you. I said it's good for you. Um, this is a season of advancement. The, amen. This is not a season for you to be hiding. This is not a season for you to be afraid. I bind the spirit of fear over each and every one of you. So how can you say that? I just did. Because the spirit of fear has gripped people in this country, the world, globally. They are paralyzed by a spirit of fear. And what's happening, and here's the thing, it ain't just another Delta variant, now it's a Mu variant, and there's something else. There always will be more fearful things to come upon you, but God's people need not be afraid. This is a season to stand. Ephesians says to take a stand. Having done all, stand. And harvest, uh, in the last two, year and a half, we've taken a stand. And we've taken a stand to say, you know what, no, we're not going to allow uh, God's kingdom to be hindered in any way, amen, and we're going to move forward, and Church for the Harvest will be open. Right. I said Church for the Harvest will be open, all right? Yeah. Now, if I get locked up and go to jail, just give me a video cam. I can preach from there, too, amen? Uh, I don't care about that. That's okay. Paul had a prison ministry. Not looking forward to it, but he had one. <laughs> you know, in 1 Samuel 17, the Bible says something about uh, 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 the children of Israel, and they faced Goliath. And this is all my introduction. This is not what I'm going to but I just felt stirred to share this. And it said, Israel saw this man. It said, they ran away, and they were scared, and they hid. All this giant did was come out and mock and curse God for 40 days and 40 nights. <clears throat> and he cursed the God of Israel, till somebody, somebody shout somebody, stood up. Somebody went before a school board. Come on now. Somebody stood up. Till somebody did something. See, this is the season to do something. Amen. Come on. You're all back now. This is the season to not be scared and passive and hide. This is where believers shine. Here's the thing. When you stand up to the devil, he runs. The Bible says if we resist him, he will flee. Come on, that means run in terror. But this is a picture, I believe, over our nation where Goliath is standing up, and, and Goliath actually says something very prophetic, very prophetic, and I believe it's even prophetic for our day and age. In 1 Samuel 17, 9, it says this. He says this, Goliath says, if he wins, talking about David, which is the church, then and he takes me out, we will be your slaves. This is what Goliath says. But if I win the world, Satan, what he wants to impose, then I will take you out and you will all be my slaves. Listen, God has not called us to be slaves. He's called us to be overcomers, to overcome. I mean, still with me, say amen. And see, and David even says this, it's not with swords. He said, the battle is the Lord's. So this is something not naturally I'm talking about getting out there fighting, swinging swords. Hear me. I'm talking about standing in the spirit, being strong. And then when it takes physical action to stand up for your faith, we need to. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I'll begin my message. <laughs> uh, that was actually Acts, Acts chapter 3. Turn with me, Acts chapter 3, uh, verses 18 to 20. You can pull it up. 
uh, speaking about God having more, God having more. The Bible says this in Acts 3. It says that the times of refreshing, someone shout refreshing, may come from the presence of the Lord that he may send Jesus the Christ who has been appointed to you. You know, there are times and seasons that God has to come upon you and touch your life. Not just that salvation. And this is what's happened to a lot of believers. They, they got saved. They may have, been in, may have been in a denominational church and <clears throat> they're finding out, is there more? Come on, is there, is there more? I mean, I am born again now. What's the next step? Does God have a does he have a pattern for, for me? Is he, or are you just out there on your own and you've got to figure it out? Well, you're saved, so you know, now you die next. You know, if that was the case, after you're water baptized, we just hold you under and drown you, then you go to heaven. But you see, you always come up, amen? Coming up means there's more for your life. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Times of refreshing, longing for more. God has more. God is more. You see, this is one of the reasons we're building a new church at this season. Number one, I didn't decide it. God said to do it this time. I would have done it back in 2008 when lumber was cheap and was plentiful. Come on. Or steel was cheaper. You know what I mean? But God said now, when God says do it, you can guarantee it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. And so this is a season. And, 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 and here's the thing. Let me just say this. I know I'm rambling here, but I'm going get to get to my point. But, but you know what? We are to create space for God. This is creating space for God. You say, well, he's omnipotent. You know, he can speak and he whatever. There's something God loves about when his people come together. Like he's just like, wait a minute, hold on. I want to be right there in the midst. Because why? We are coming. Nobody, for most of you, unless you're a teenager, nobody strong-armed you to come to church this morning. <laughs> right? You came because you love God. You love God. And so you came and God loves that. You have a free choice. You have a free will to be doing something else, what the majority of people are doing right now, other than worshiping God. But you came to worship God. That is powerful. God shows up in those moments. Can you say amen? We desire to create a space for God, for his presence. You know, I envision even the times and seasons in this new building, and we're in our building, our place, where, where God just shows up, and we worship, and we praise, and, and we, see, we, we you know, hear and see the prophetic flowing, and God visiting his people. Times of refreshing are coming upon the people more than ever. You have seen before, well, I may have heard that, Pastor. We've been waiting. You know what? I believe we're at a, a keros time. You know what that is? It's a Greek word means a now time. A now time when God is showing up more than ever. See, how many know that light works best in darkness? And sometimes it takes a lot of darkness to wake up some Americans. And a lot of scary darkness. Then they go, oh, I think I need to wake up and change my ways. Can I get an Amen. So, so it's going to get darker out there, but the church is going to be brighter. Hallelujah. The church, the church how, do you, how do you set something on a hill that people see if it's dark? There's no lights in it. And they're just a liturgical, nothing, boring, going like, I didn't get anything. But no God. God is invading the places that are proclaiming the truth. People that are standing up for righteousness. Amen. Some of you are starting to wake up this morning kind of dry with me. God visiting his people. Hallelujah, the tangible presence of God. You know, he's like, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? You know what? I have experienced the tangible presence of God in my life. Many of you have, too. I said, many of you have. You know, times of refreshing. I believe that times of refreshing in store for all of you. Did you hear that? For all of you, for every single one of you. Yes, you, Mom. 
working at home, raising kids, you out there working in the workforce, whatever it's construction, driving a truck, swinging a hammer, whatever it may be, God has times of refreshing for you. Say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Let me just say this quickly because God's presence feels like different things to different people in different ways. Okay, so what I'm about to share right now is just what happened to me. So don't you go, oh, I wish God would do that to me. He might, but it was just me. He'll do something unique for you that you will never forget. Do you know one meeting can change your life? I said one meeting can change your life. You can hear one thing and change the whole course of your life. You were headed in one direction, and you could go back 25, 30 years ago and go, you know what? See, I'm, my wife and I, we made a decision back in, uh, well, it was probably uh, the 1992 to come out here to Minnesota. And so we were out in Minnesota. We went back for a year, and uh, we were going to get involved. We were involved in the business community and opening up uh, in, in the dry cleaning industry that my dad had. And, and then I got a phone call. Somebody shot a phone call. One phone call, and the pastor goes, would you consider coming out, being in ministry, and serving the church? I said, I was already out there. I already did, I, I was already out there, but it was an opportunity, and I'm like, I didn't feel called to youth. I didn't go to Bible school for, for youth ministry, but here's the thing, I took a step. I didn't see harvest. I didn't see any of this. I didn't see over a $2 million building going up in the middle of a pandemic. I didn't see that, but God saw it. I said, you know what, give me that mic. Could you hand me that mic there? This is a little, I need to preach a mic here today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is there a new battery in this? All right. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know that taking that step, I didn't know that this would happen. I, did, I didn't see all of you, but I saw something. I saw something that God said that there's something more for Alexandria and the people of this community. And see, here's the thing. God is calling people from the north, south, east, and west to come into this community. And they're going to bring in infrastructure and businesses. And, they're going to change. and more people will come in because they're frightened out of their minds. They're leaving New York. They're leaving L.A. Come on, they're leaving Chicago. And they're leaving because of fear. But you know what? You can leave someplace in fear and walk into faith. You can see a city on a hill that's light. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Times of refreshing. You know, I was saved at around age six or seven. And um, my parents had a, had a, uh, a record that uh, they actually, uh, this was big in the 70s. Uh, they sold, it was a record that they went door to door. Let me just explain it that way. It was called Bullfrogs and Butterflies. I'm dating myself, all right? Listen, <laughs> some of you still have it. You know, you can get it online in a cassette. But I had this record. Now watch me. At seven years old, hear me, young people. God will speak to you at a young age. God will touch your, we are building massive classrooms in that new building. I mean, like, there's five, big as what's back there. Why? Because we're preparing for the harvest. We're preparing for your kids. We're preparing for the, oh, they're not serving God. Some of them are drunk right now. Some of them are on drugs right now, but they're coming into the kingdom of God. I said they're coming into the kingdom of God. Some of them are not born yet. Can I get an Amen. Some of you parents, like, those babies are still being hatched, amen, and there's more coming. <laughs> I think last year we had like 13 pregnant women all at once. <laughs> God is increasing. Why? You want to raise kids in a right house of worship. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. So, but at that young age, that young age, I just remember listening to that record, and I would listen to those songs, and God's presence would come upon me as a little boy. I would begin to weep. 
bullfrogs and butterflies, just going through that. You know, and I think about that, and I think of what Katie does back there with the kids, or Kim does that with Joel with the, with the youth. And they're just not coloring pictures or doing signs. They're hearing the word of God. They're hearing God's word being in their life. And you never know when they're 22, 28, 37, come on, 49, whatever, that they remember that and they turn to the Lord. Because why? God's word will not return void. It shall accomplish where it's sent and it shall prosper. That's the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank God for his word. Our words can return void, but not God's. I remember back in 1979, I just feel I needed to share this because some of you need to hear this. Back in 1979, I was 15 years old, and it was at 532 East Street, Brockton, Mass. How do you remember that? Because I was so impacted by the refreshing touch of God. I was 15 years old. I had a, without getting into it, a real negative situation with my dad. He didn't even believe I was his kid and grew on up in a large Italian family, eight of us, and nobody really, you know, it was just a very sad, painful thing. And I drew, I I just grabbed a hold of God. And they had a, a, a minister that stayed with us. And he actually lived, he had a pickup truck with a camper on it. Come on, some of you may. And we, he would actually help teach us school, and we learned social science in there. Then we'd play games. He loved playing games. So he incorporated that. But he shared one night, or excuse me, it was one day, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we talk about that. We've just been speaking on that for a little bit, and how that God had more for your, your life. And, and, and I didn't know all the theology. I couldn't name one verse or anything. But you know what? God touched my life. For 45 minutes, I began to weep. I began to just cry out and pray. And it wasn't weeping in a sense of a sorrow. It was a weeping with a joy and a healing. Come on, somebody. I don't know how to explain it. And I will never forget that moment. And I'll continue to talk about it. Why? Because it was a time of refreshing I needed. God has that for you. May not be that way, but in that moment. And I, and I received my heavenly language then and uh, my prayer language, and, and, and I continue to pray, continue to pray. Fast forward a few years, 1985, I was stationed in the United States Marine Corps at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And so my sister, uh, Suzanne, she, she said, hey, Mike, why don't you come out and visit me? And there's a conference going on in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I don't know if you've been to Gatlinburg, pretty area, uh, very beautiful. Well, it was an old Noble Hayes conference. I know most of you don't even know who I'm talking about. He's gone to be with the Lord, but he always would walk out with a white suit. Come on. And uh, it, was, it, it was different. It was strange, but it was, that's how it was back then. And I, I went there, and there was this preacher called Rod Parsley. He was 28 years old. <laughs> Yeah, a 28-year-old kid there, but I was only 19. And I showed up. I couldn't tell you what he said, whatever. In that moment, there was probably a 1,000 people there at that conference. And I just remember just going off to the side, responding to the altar call, uh, left my comfort zone, responded to it, and I just began to kneel. And, and, and actually, there was a time I was just sitting, and the next thing you know, I felt my arms and my legs, they just became like almost numb. Not in the sense of like where you're leaning on something, your arm falls asleep. Like there was something on me, and I couldn't understand what it was. And I remember going, what's happening? And I leaned to other people. I said, what's, what's the matter with me? And I don't know, some lady goes, it's God on you. And I'm like, yes. And about 20 minutes, and then it lifted. It just lifted. And you know what God said to me? You know what? I'm going to call you to preach, to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. And and, and, you know what? I'll never forget that. Why? Why? It was a sign. It was a refreshing. A refreshing. God has refreshings for you all. Hallelujah. so, So make room for that. Did you hear that? Make room for God. Even today, I believe God's refreshing is coming upon people. Oh, man. 
I'm, I'm burning some time here, but uh, fast forward again, 1987, uh, I was in Bible school, and uh, I just had gotten there, and I met a friend from, I had uh, made an acquaintance, a guy, uh, he was from South Africa, he was in the South African police force, and I just got out of the Marines, and, and he goes, hey, my man, let's go to this prophetic meeting, and he was a Dutchman, and I was like, okay, where is it? He says, the Holiday Inn, it was the craziest meeting I've ever been to in my life. That's not a stamp and a sign to say that when God speaks, it has to be crazy. Come on. God can speak in a very normal way, all right? But it was nutty. It was crazy. They had this 66-year-old, God bless her, black woman who was a true prophetess of God trying to drink seven glasses of water. I think she weighed 89 pounds wet. It's not going to happen. But she, in the middle of the meeting, when I'm thinking, what is going on? This is so crazy. She points to me and says, I see that boy. At that time, I was probably 19 years old. I see him overseas preaching the gospel. I just begin to weep. I just began to just sob before the presence of God. Who would have known showing up to a meeting just thinking, well, nobody sees me. I'm just hiding here. God has your number. I said, God has your number. He, know what you, he knows what you cried out this past week and what you need. And God's speaking to some people even now. How many with me say amen? Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Thank God for times of refreshing. God has times of refreshing for you all. But here's the thing. Some of you just need to slow down. I said, some of you just need to slow down. You need to make room for the Holy Spirit to invade your life. Amen? Make room for the Holy Spirit to invade your life. That means intentional times. I was just reading in Job uh, chapter 10 and about his friends that were with him and how they tried to speak in his life. And, and Job said this in his affliction. He said, thou, King James, he said, has given me life and grace in other words, gifts, talking about the Lord. He said, in the visitation, or your visitation, has preserved my spirit. God visited Job. See, Job was able to stand through the tough, difficult time, not curse God. Why? Because he touched God. That is the oldest book in the Bible, friends. The book of Job. Do you get it? So God is able to visit us, to sustain us through difficult times. Can you say Amen. It actually means like a fatherly care, provision, um, uh, uh, the presence of God. And he goes on to say that without which I should perish straightway. Wow. How many with me say amen? Now let me get into what I was going to talk about, what we're talking about here. We're going to receive communion briefly. My text, once again, Exodus 6, 6, 7, talks about God's I will. Somebody shout, I will. When God makes a promise to you, he keeps it. Not like people. Come on, not like governments, uh, amen, or, or, you know, institutions, and they break their promises. God has made some promises to you. And here's the thing. He made these promises at the beginning, at the beginning. You know, God has chosen and selected you. I believe his call is for everyone, but he knew you before the foundation of the earth. That's, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that right in your present situation that may be difficult. Right now, where you feel like, does he even know, does he know anything? He knew you before you were even born. It's in the Bible. It talks about that. Wow, amazing. Not the beginning of your life, from the beginning of faith itself. God's promises, they're close to his heart. And they, here's the thing about God's promises. They never change. They never change. And here's the thing. God's promise is the key to your fulfillment in life. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. You know, God has a life to come for you. 
it isn't that you die, you go to heaven, which that's a huge victory, and you have little wings and you float around singing choruses all day. Oh, no, my brothers and sisters. It's our, our worlds and worlds untold that are more real than this world here, and God has more for you. But see, here's the thing. We want to learn everything we can now and draw near to God. And, 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 and anyhow, I'll get it. That's another whole message. But pull up, if you would, Exodus uh, 6, 7, the I wills, the four I wills, the Bible says. God has made some promises in this verse, okay? And this verse translates even to us today, especially in light of communion that we're going to receive above. And these are promises. These are four promises or the four I wills of God. God says that I'm going to free you from your oppression. Watch this. I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm in great acts of judgment. And number four, I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. So he makes these promises in Exodus, and this is what God bringing the people, the children of Israel, out of the Egyptian bondage in freeing them going into their promised land. How many with me say amen? And so, so it, these are the foundation for the nation of Israel. And um, it's where we celebrate when we talk about Passover today. It's still observed, known as Passover. But these are the promises. You say, well, what, what is a promise? I looked it up. It's a declaration assuring that one will or will not do something. It's a vow. It's a vow. How many know that when God makes a promise, he will fulfill it? And so, so we see a pattern here. I wanted you to get this. I'm going to repeat a lot of what I'm saying here in a moment. There's a pattern in the scriptures about what God promises to do as you, when you come to Christ, when you come into right relationship. These are things that God has committed to your life. But the question is, are you committed to them? Are you committed to see them? These are keys to your spiritual fulfillment. Four promises that God spoke to his people in the Old Testament. And they are the core and of, of his heart and plan for your life today. Amen. And uh, the goal of this series is to help you see that God does have a plan for your life. I said God does have a plan for your life and to help you move forward on your spiritual journey. Now, there are times and there are seasons where you feel, I'm reading the Word of God, Pastor, and maybe you're going through the book of Numbers, you know, and so-and-so begets so-and-so, and you feel like, I don't feel anything. But even in that, God can speak. I said even in that, He can do it. Here's the thing. You just need to stay steady. I said, you need to stay steady and just continue to stand. In the seasons where you may feel dry, in the season you feel like you're under great attack, in the seasons you feel like all, everything is, my world is collapsing, God says, I hold you in the palm of my hand. I'll not let you go. I'll not let you go. Amen? So these four cups in the ancient celebration of Passover, it's a picture of God's heart we see in these four cups, which is at Passover. Uh, the cup was the guarantee of the new covenant, uh, the cup that seals and guarantees all his covenant promises. That's why Jesus, when he served the disciples in Luke twenty two twenty, 20, says, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. So actually, when we receive communion and we take the cup, okay, when we have the bread and the juice, um, it's actually, there were four cups at that time. 
that they would do. And the Jewish Jews, when they celebrate the Seder, the Passover, they actually have four cups of wine that uh, are actually talks about our freedom, our deliverance, the purpose God has for us in our fulfillment. And so we see this in Luke 22. Jesus is observing the Passover Seder meal with his disciples. And actually the Passover meal is called Seder. It means order. It's the way it was just laid out. And so it was this, this thing, this has been celebrated since the Exodus, since the beginning uh, when they left Egypt. And so it's what we call communion or the Lord's Supper. So what I did is, knowing me and my personality, I ordered actual uh, Jewish matzah bread. So uh, Amazon Prime, a little broken, some of them, but I did get them. This is actual bread, and there's something very significant. We'll see about that as we go into the four cups. So um, uh, the Jewish custom is quite different than what we do in communion today. We don't have four cups and all, you know, all the bread and that, but it's what Jesus would have done. Now watch this. Just follow with me on this. <clears throat> they would have read a portion of Scripture with the four key statements, and uh, at each one of the statements, they would drink one of the cups of the wines. And so how does this apply for us today? Well, the four cups, watch this, represent God's plan for their lives and also God's plan for your life. Did you get that? God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I started this sermon off with that there is more that God has more for each and every one of us. And I love seeing patterns in the scripture when God is committed to something for, for me in my life. That means he's gonna do it. I said he's gonna do it. The key is you need to be willing. If you're willing and obedient, you'll receive. Amen? God's promises, they're out throughout scripture. We see it in the Great Commission. We see it in the Old and the New Testament. We see it from cover to cover. The four promises of God are there. And so we see more than 3,000 years ago, God made some promises to some people in Egypt and the Israelites. And here's the thing. Those promises continue to stand, and they stand at the heart of everything God wants to do in our lives today. Now, I want to just transition as we're about to receive communion, but pull up Matthew 26. The Bible says that while they were eating, Jesus took bread. Somebody shout, took bread. He took the bread. Now, when they do the Seder meal, they actually have three pieces of bread, just like this, uh, maybe laid a different way. But you can pull up the bread slide there. <clears throat> Here's the thing during the Seder meal. There was three pieces, symbolic, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How many know this, the Trinity is everywhere throughout the Bible? It really is. And they're, they're striped, if you can see. I don't know up on there, but there's stripes in this bread. It's the way it is. The matzah bread. And how many know that by his stripes we are healed? <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. And, and, and here's the other thing. If you notice, the, the bread must be pierced. They pierced his hands, his feet, and his side. See, you know, we just take the bread. We don't think about these things. But, but, but something very interesting, too. They were striped. They were pierced. It was unleavened bread. Leaven has to do with the issue of sin. No sin. He was sinless, the Son of God. But he went to the cross for you and I. How many still follow with me? Say amen. And, and what happens, they were all wrapped together, the three of them. And what they would do, is they would take out, watch this, they would take out the middle piece. Father, Son. The middle piece. And that's what Jesus took, the middle piece of the bread when he did the Seder meal. The middle piece. And it said this, that he took that piece and he broke it. I hope I don't make a mess up here, but I'm going to break this bread. 
says he broke the bread. And when we, when we read that, we think, okay, what does that mean? You know, the Bible says his body was bruised and broken for you and I on the cross. And see, Jesus was all doing this. They didn't get it. This is just the Passover Seder. He was going to the cross. He knew. He knew what was before him. His body was broken for you and I. And then it goes into the cups. Maybe we can pull that one up about the cups. And once again, the four I wills, the four cups. And uh, once again, instead of just one cup, there was four cups. And, and then we're going to, Lord willing, here in these next few weeks, talk about God's plan for your life, what he's committed to do in your life to bring you out of Egypt. Watch this. And take Egypt, Egypt out of you to bring you into your promised land. That's the promise of God. That's what he has. So there is a pattern. And you don't want to miss this these next few week, four weeks. Amen. You don't want to miss this. But, but the first cup is the cup of sanctification. And God says, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. That's salvation. That's how we come into Christ in a right relationship with the Lord. We're born again. There's the cup of judgment. I will deliver you out of their bondage. In other words, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt, but I'm going to take Egypt out of you. How many know when we're born again, we're saved? Praise God for that. But how many know there's still issues in our life? <laughs> there's still a little bit of Egypt that needs to come out. Come on. Am I just speaking to some of the old folks know what I'm talking about, but with you younger ones, you understand. There's still a little Egypt in there. Your husband calls you or your wife, and you snap back at them, and it's like, well, you know, there's a little bit of Egypt in every one of us. Come on now. God says, I'm going to bring that out of you. Not that we're going we're gonna to glow here on earth. You know, we're going to walk through walls. I'm not talking about that. But you know what? The path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter to the new day. I don't want to be 90 years old or 80 years old, angry, come on, decrepit, mad, bitter. Oh, and by the way, a Christian, come on. I want to overcome. <laughs> I want to have some fruit in my life, amen? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Is somebody with me? I mean, Christ-likeness, amen? That's what God does. The cup of redemption, it's the I will. That's the cup Jesus drank. What is that? He says, I will redeem you with what? Outstretched arms. He went to the cross. Outstretched arms. Hallelujah. And then the fourth cup is the cup of praise. He goes on to say, I will take you for my people, and I will be your God. Here's the thing. All four of these cups are not only part of the story of Passover, but they're part of the story, uh, our story also with Christ. Jesus and his disciples, they already have partaken of the first two cups and enjoyed their Passover meal. But here's now the third cup. The third cup, if I could just do it that way. That cup right there, the Bible says that's the cup of redemption. Uh, that's the cup Jesus took after the supper. That's the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant, the new covenant in my blood. And Jesus makes a covenant. And when Jesus makes a covenant, how many of you know you can bank your life on that covenant? And there are things in that covenant that for you and I, and we'll talk about that. But that, that was the, the third cup that he drank from. And some just, I'll just throw this out, the fourth cup, you know, it's like, well, what about the, the fourth cup? And it's the cup of praise. And it's possible, some commentators say that, he didn't drink that cup. Now, we're talking about promises from God. He didn't drink that cup. Instead, after the third cup, watch this, he said, I tell you, I will not drink from this cup or the fruit of the vine from now until the day that when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. What does that mean? That fourth cup is the promise that God says, I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back for you. You can trust, I'm coming back for you. I will not leave you. The end is going to be better than the beginning. 
Some of you don't believe that right. You think it's all going to hell. Everything. Where's the church going to be? It's going to be shining, bright, stronger than ever. Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. Worship team, you come forward. And uh, ushers, you may uh, get the preparation, if you would, please, for communion. And so today, church, as we receive communion here in a moment, it reminds us, it should remind us, that as we drink in, we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're not only remembering the covenant Christ has with us, but we are, watch this, drinking in his promises, these four promises for our life. The four promises. Promises, once again, sanctification from sin. Promises to redeem us, to rescue us from bondage. Some of you think, you know what? This is the way it's been. My dad was this way. I've had this anger issue. I've had this whatever bitterness issue, unforgiveness issue. I've had this whatever stronghold it is. I I can't seem to shake this thing. It's just it is what it is for the rest of my life, and that's a lie. I said that's a lie you can overcome because he overcame hallelujah i said he overcame his redemption and his forever promise of return friends god has a plan he really does for our life every head bowed please if you would this morning i want to give a very quick challenge here but it's the most it is the most important challenge if anything you've heard today is to hear this in this moment please if you just steal yourself right where you're at there are some people here this morning you're seeking you sense God in this place and you really are at the end you're at your you're at your wit's end and in in some of the things your mind has been telling you are very dark pathway it's very dark but see God is intersecting intersecting you here today he's saying no will you take a step of faith and choose Christ today say what do you mean pastor the Bible says you must be born again. This is not just an intellectual head knowledge that God is up there. He's some big, you know, super power, super being and indifferent to me. No, the Bible says to be born again means your spirit man or your spirit woman, which will live forever in eternity, heaven or hell, can be saved. What does that mean? It can be redeemed. It can be transformed. And, and God comes and lives inside of you. Wow. That is a miracle. That's what it means to be converted. Not just reciting some words or a poem or a short prayer. It's you surrendering your life to Christ and recognizing you are king. You are God. You sent your son. I believe what he did in the cross. By faith, I choose and I receive him in my life today. I am born again. If that's you with every head bowed here this morning, and you've never heard it that way. Maybe you've been just doing things your own way. Now's the time. Today is the day of salvation. You can come into right relationship with God. You can be born again. You can have these times of refreshing in your life. You can commune with God. You can speak with God. I'm not audibly, no, but you can know that He is within you, guiding you. Will you stumble? Will you fall? Yeah, you just get back up. You have a God that's there to wash you, to cleanse you, and He is there giving you four promises to take you to fulfillment of your deliverance in your life. If that's you here this morning, I'm going to ask us all to pray. Believers and all. But this prayer, if you make a decision to say, you know what, I want Christ today. I need Him. 
and you'll be bold enough to declare him that he is your Lord and Savior, God will fill you with his presence. He will save you. Your spirit, man or woman, will be born again, and you'll have eternal life. If that's you, pray with me. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Jesus, I believe you are Lord and Savior. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it, God meant it, we want to help you on your journey. You've decided to follow the Lord. Harvest is good soil. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. Jesus and all of the people here, many believers, it's good soil for you to raise your family. Hear me? Church for the Harvest is good soil for you to raise your kids. Come on. It's good soil for you to grow up. It's good soil for you to serve. It is great soil for you to give into eternally and get eternal rewards. I know I'm expendable. <laughs> I know that. I can be removed. But see, God's church will continue to go on. Amen? See, God's not expendable. This is good soil because of what God's doing in people's lives. Amen. Lord, I thank you right now for those that made their commitment. Even online, I pray a blessing for all those watching social media. Lord God, you just touch their life. Lord, that they would be stirred to know that there are times and seasons of refreshing for all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.